podcast may contain some explicit language, so it may not be suitable for our little listeners under the age of 13. I'm Selena Stam. And I'm Tony Hedstrom. And this is episode eight of Shit It's Real. So our topic today mm-hmm. is kind of one of those things where people cringe when they hear it, yeah. but we want you not to cringe because there's there's um what what word am I looking for? There are options. There you go, options. Those say opportunities, that's not correct. But we're talking two little words, short sales. <laughs> it's really a result of COVID and what happened to people, you know, during that time. Yeah. You know, many folks, as you know, were laid off and it's almost the exact year anniversary. Really? That year it went yeah. by. Well, that's true. Fast. Yeah. And one of the things um, that sellers were able to utilize was Mm -hmm. forbearance on their mortgage Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about which will bring us around to short sales Mm -hmm. so we know some people who actually utilize the forbearance option and that was where the mortgage lender let you postpone payments Um, so say for example you agreed to six months forbearance then for six months you didn't make payments but those weren't forgiven payments it's not like you didn't have to pay them at all they were going to come back to you right in some form or fashion in some opportunities they were able to go to the end of the loan in many cases i think they tried to um, work them into a mortgage mm-hmm, payment mm-hmm. so when the six months was over you were paying you your standard it. mortgage payment and a little bit extra to kind of make up for the last six months yeah. um, keywords pay it back later mm-hmm. yeah and um you know, there were also, I know some some sellers that I had spoke to, they, well, when COVID happened, then people were taking advantage of the forbearance, and then rates went really low. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, let's refinance. Well, yeah. some of the sellers were having, they couldn't, they could not take advantage of the refinance because they were in the forbearance. Yes. And so it's, then it became one of those things where, oh crap, I did this, and and if they needed to do it, then that's great. Mm-hmm. But they could not take advantage of it. That's right. Until, well, it was paid back, or yeah. or however however their mortgage company worked mm-hmm. out, because they all were doing it differently. What is what is the thing that I want to point out in this podcast today is when you come out of the forbearance and you find yourself in trouble and you're thinking, I give up. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to pay this back. Right. I'm in the hole. This is over. I'm just going to walk away from this house right. and and screw it the bank can have it whatever your attitude Mm -hmm. is at that point Mm -hmm. and that's not the right thing to do no so what also had happened during covid so you had this going on with the forbearance and people in trouble and people struggling because they you know they lost their jobs or or whatever happened to them at the same time values rose Mm -hmm. incredibly i mean there's homes today that are worth 20 and thirty thousand dollars more than they were last last spring uh, which is incredible but your home might be worth more than you think it is Mm -hmm. and even if you're not going to be able to recover from the forbearance your option is there to sell instead that's right if you just walk away from your home you might be leaving a lot of equity on the table you're literally giving money to the bank you're giving up your home you're walking away you're trying to find some place to rent but you have equity that would allow you to sell and maybe not make tons of money in all cases, but you could at least 
you know, walk away and break even. Walk away, break even, and not have a short sale or a foreclosure on your credit. Yeah. You know, any, any of that type of stuff that does affect affect you when you go through that process. So, you know, I think that us getting it out there, a lot of people just feel like they'll just walk away. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something I'm constantly like, how do you bring that out to the public without because it has that dark cloud over it, right? You're yeah. like, hi, if you're, are you in a bad situation? Let me help you. You know, yeah. you sound really mm-hmm. sleazy. That's true. <laughs> true. Um, you know, and, and look, if you can't sell, you know, and break even, and you're in the hole, mm-hmm. okay? So you're in the hole. You, you owe more than your house is worth. That is exactly what a short sale is mm-hmm. for. Now, you don't see too many short sales anymore. You know, they, they were prevalent after the big debacle of the mid-2000s. Um, they're not as prevalent okay. anymore. But what a short sale basically is, is where you sell your home for less than your, you owe and your bank agrees to that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people wonder, why would a bank do that? Like, right. why would they let you sell a house for less than you owe? Well, it's still more money for them that they're getting versus the entire amount, Mm -hmm. you know? And one question a lot of people might have, unless you're probably going to get to it, is who pays the commission Mm -hmm. on a short sale? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of a short sale is you have proven a hardship. Yeah. Right. That's key. Number one, you have to be able to prove a hardship and you basically have to prove to the to your bank that foreclosure is imminent. Mm -hmm. Right. If you don't allow me to do this short sale, my house is going to foreclose. Now, banks don't want to foreclose. They're not in the real estate business. Right. They don't want to sit on these properties, maintain these properties, be responsible for these properties. By the time they go to closing on a foreclosure, years may have passed. Mm -hmm. It costs them tens of thousands of dollars. It costs them much less to agree to a short sale that is less than what you owe, right? So when you go to a closing as a short sale seller, you're not gonna walk away with any money. Just nothing. You're not going to walk away with a penny, but you don't owe anything either. All of your closing costs, commissions, and everything else associated with selling that home is worked into the short sale. So it's just a way for you to walk away from the house and have a little less um, negative impact on your credit than a foreclosure would. Yep. Yeah. Um, so years ago, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I had called out, called my friend, and I said, hey, explain this to me. Um, she was going through a short sale situation, and she told me, it's, we, were, we were talking about how different, um, it was with what, hold on, let me get my thoughts, 2010. Mm-hmm. And she was going through the short sale, and the bank sent out the agent. And I said, are you sure they sent it out? She said, yes. And I had to sign the listing agreement with the agent and we had to list it for 90 days prior to any foreclosure starting. And that makes no sense. I think maybe she's got her terms mixed up in regard to foreclosure versus short sale because a foreclosure is a 100% disconnect between the bank and the owner. The foreclosure means the bank has taken your home by force. They use a sheriff, they can get you out of the house, they have taken possession of that home. They don't need a seller's cooperation to do that. A short sale, however, there are some caveats to a short sale, one of which, and this may not be a current rule, but it's something that your agent needs to find out for you, and we certainly would for our clients. 
you typically have to have missed payments, right? So forbearance, you're not pay making payments, right. you'd qualify in the short sale. Right. If you are up to date on your payments, and um, that's gonna be more difficult to get the, the lender to agree to a short sale sale for you. So number one, you need to not have been making payments. Number two, um, the hardship, as he, we mentioned. Yeah, because I think um, they have to they have to provide bank statements and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So they can follow the trail of or lack of money or, or somebody lost a job, et cetera. Exactly, so definitions of hardship. Mm -hmm. You know, someone passed away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone in the household who brought in an income has passed away. You have lost your job. Yep. Uh, you uh, have divorced, right? Now your home's being um, split into two homesteads mm -hmm. and you can't afford the mortgage Medical, anymore. anybody that's going through um, any kind of medical issues that therefore cannot work anymore, yeah. Yeah. that's a hardship. Yeah. Um, Job relocation yeah. is even a hardship. You know, you're forced to move and you gotta sell, mm -hmm. which falls on, you know, veterans, a military, mm -hmm. active duty military who are PCS'd, that's a hardship, right? You're being PCS'd to another state, another country, and you can't sell your house for what you owe. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of the things I anticipate seeing is, uh, issues with foreclosure and well I don't know if it would be issues with foreclosure but it certainly would be issues with value in regards to the PACE financing yeah okay. so what is your experience with PACE financing so with PACE um, I feel that it is um, overpriced mm -hmm. right well I've had um, somebody in my own community actually was able to get um, all windows and our homes were built in 2014 they really didn't need them but mm -hmm. for some reason this person decided that they need all new windows they did it through the pace program and it was thirty five thousand dollars yeah and they thought oh I haven't even made a payment on it and I said just wait and sure enough, the following year, because it's on your their taxes, yes. their property taxes, and it hit them really hard. Yeah. Yeah, so when you go to sell and you have that PACE financing, which is another topic, we won't get too yeah, deep yeah. into that, but it's things like that, it's decisions that people can make that could impact their value and their ability to sell in a crunch when and, they have to sell. Yeah, and I think with that program, it's before you sign the paperwork, which we'll, we'll go into this maybe as a next topic, mm -hmm. would be um, do your research because it can affect you greatly a year later. Yeah, yeah. Get some advice from mm -hmm. a professional, your attorney, your accountant, mm -hmm. or even a real estate professional, mm -hmm. right, where we can give you some advice on that. Now, one of the things that I um, ran into this week was a, a person who it had gone into forbearance and had that, I give up, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I'll never pay this back. Yeah. But she also had issues with personal credit cards, car loans, and different things like that. So in speaking with an attorney, they decided that bankruptcy would be her option. Okay. Now, that attorney's advice was, do not complicate the bankruptcy with a short sale. Oh. Right? So, whereas I feel like she could have had short sale as an option uh -huh. by going through the bankruptcy, um, now now she's being advised to go through the foreclosure, foreclosure. process instead of doing a short sale. Hmm. So. I would say, talk to your real estate professional first, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, 
By all means, we're not attorneys, and, and of course, you should always seek legal counsel whenever you make big decisions, mm -hmm. but if that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles, then maybe decide what you're doing with that largest asset. If you have the equity in it that you might, mm -hmm. it could be enough to pay off maybe some credit that's card right. debt, get your car payments caught up or something like that. I think that should always be like the first thing you look into before you um, make the decision to file bankruptcy and let your property go into foreclosure. Yeah. It's interesting. I would like to speak to that attorney and be like, oh, I just want to understand that thought process. Like, why would you say that? Because I'm sure there's a reason why. Yeah. You know, just to kind of make, have it make sense to me on this side. On I would imagine, you know, my guess would be that it's overwhelming debt. Well, sure. You know, over that her home would never have recovered yeah. from. And, you know, I'm not going to, no, it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. But I think at least explore the options of selling that house via short sale or with your equity and just sell it, sell, sell it, it. Mm -hmm. before you go um, just walking away from the property or, you know, doing a bankruptcy. Yeah. Keys. Keys number one. If you are thinking about a short sale or are struggling to make your house payment, what is the one thing that you cannot stop paying? Your HOA, your HOA. <laughs> you have to pay that. So, I mean, if that's all you pay, make sure you pay that HOA. And here's why. Oh, well, we have a short sale now. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. You um, see, so the HOA can put a deed on your property. They actually, you know, they have to be paid. And if you don't pay those HOAs, they're going to tack on attorney fees mm -hmm. and everything. And guess what? In a short sale, that bank is not going to pay those HOAs right. or attorney fees. So now when you put your house on the market as a short sale, you're looking for the buyer to cover those expenses, get that HOA caught up, mm -hmm. get those attorney fees pays and it paid and it complicates everything. So, you know, if you're thinking about a short sale, if you're in forbearance, if you're doing any of those things that involve you not paying your mortgage and you are in an HOA community, keep paying the HOA. Please don't stop doing that. Yes, because it's funny how a lot of people are like, oh, they can't, they can't do that. You always have two sides. Somebody thinks that they know and then another person that's like, oh, I've experienced it, this, and they actually are pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> so tell them what happened with uh, your listing. So um, he, he was he, he there was some medical issues and mm -hmm. um, he ended up and he lost his job from anyways he was medical lost his job and he became behind on payments and HOA and he receives a bill what was it like forty five hundred dollars yeah and most of it was attorney fees yeah because his HOA was like what a couple hundred a, a year? year yeah it's like three hundred dollars a year mm -hmm. and and. That house was for sale on the courthouse steps mm -hmm. because of that HOA lien. Yeah, they're ready to auction it off. And um, now where it gets weird is we, he said somebody paid paid for it, paid it for me. Mm -hmm. And he's, he, and I'm like, what, who's this someone? Who's this magical person? Well, I would assume it's his mortgage lender. Okay, because get this, why would a, a lender give up that asset to an, to an HOA lien, mm -hmm. just like a tax lien, right? You know, they're gonna sometimes, now on the back end, his payoff for his house mm -hmm. now has just gone up uh, that amount of money. Right. The bank's gonna get their money back, but they're not gonna, they, they didn't wanna let it foreclose to the HOA. I would assume that's what happened. Right. Because there's no Santa Claus but no, who's magically gonna come. And that's kept telling him, like, who is this magical person? This is amazing. I have some things I would like paid too. <laughs> but 
and he could he can't provide anything so in the back of my head I'm constantly thinking yeah. about this with this listing but you know we're moving through the process um, I, I guarantee you it's in the pan. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's I'll, I'll keep my eye out as we go through yeah. once we get to closing yeah. um, but another thing to kind of segue into the short sale is, you know, at first, you know, who negotiates, who does all that for for you, right? Mm-hmm. So we're representing you as the seller, getting the house listed, working as your agents. Well, we found a really great title company that kind of helps with the negotiation part to work with the bank because mm-hmm. they have a short sale negotiator. Yeah. And then you have the, this title company has a short sale department dedicated only to short sales so these the, these people know what they're doing um, and, and, and go ahead well the reason that's important mm-hmm. is because when you first begin to f- you know go into the short mm-hmm. sale process there's a packet of paperwork about this huge big. you never can escape the paperwork yeah. right and a short sale department in a title company they know what the, mm-hmm. t- the bank is going to want they they have it all together and they know exactly what they need to present to the negotiator at the bank so the bank is going to have a negotiator assigned and then you'd have in our case where we utilize a title company you'd have that person at the title company who is accustomed to talking to those negotiators they know what they want to hear they know what they need to know and things like that and those specific lenders there's some are mortgage companies because they could say oh fairway oh they always need this form okay Mm -hmm. and so that's what we that's what i really like about this this title company is they are they know the lenders they know what they want they know specific things that are tailored to that certain lender which makes the process go so much faster it does we're not having any lag time which is important for you as the seller so you know sometimes short sale I think what our longest one has been oh my gosh <laughs> holy heck yeah so you could you could literally be involved with a mortgage lender that makes the whole process yeah. an extreme nightmare I mean I don't want to I don't want to give scare. the impression yeah. that it's like an easy road mm-hmm. it's a lot of work to get through a short sale and your agent and um, and some some agents utilize attorneys to yeah, get through the true. short sale process, but that you know costs a lot of money and mm-hmm. somebody's got to pay for it. These title companies actually will do it and not charge us anything extra or the buyer, yeah. which we love. But it can be a very difficult road, um, and it, the banks some of them can be non cooperative and cost deals. I mean, we've had one short sale that I've had under contract I think seven so, times. Yeah. Um, with really good offers and you know we even got so far as having a short sale approval on a contract and if you read the fine print Mm -hmm. um, it was an investor who was going to buy that property because it needs a new roof it has a bat infestation in the attic and you know it's like so this investor was going to buy it and the bank actually came back and put a cap on what he could Uh sell it for right so no investor is going to do that no so you know so that deal fell apart but yeah and and just because it had gone under uh, contract seven times it's not anything to do really you know there's with the house itself Mm -hmm. it's the buyer some of the times the buyers just don't want to wait anymore yeah because i think whether they're not being educated correctly, but when I, when we see short sales, we'll tell people, okay, this is the expectation. And if you know, we get to 90 days and you still have nothing and they need a house, 
they walk away from it. And describing that 90 days, so the period of time, so uh, when a buyer goes under contract for a short sale property, the seller and the buyer can come to an agreement on terms. They actually execute a contract, mm-hmm. but that contract is contingent upon third-party approval. There's an actual short sale addenda that goes along with the contract to make sure everybody's aware mm-hmm. that even though the buyer and seller have both both executed an agreement, it's not. it requires that third-party approval. approval, which is that seller's mortgage lender and when you send the short sale package in to get approved to do a short sale is step number one for the seller then you get a contract and you have to send that in to get it approved Um, and the the bank can counter Mm -hmm. the bank bank can reject an offer but the time period is the unknown so once you go under contract and that contract is submitted to that lender the response could take three months six months eight months you know so you can't as a buyer, buy a short sale if you need to like move in next right month. Away. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I mean you're at the mercy of the bank at that point when mm-hmm. you're under contract, but it you can get a very nice house. I have some friends that purchased a lovely home down in Apollo Beach on a short sale. Yeah, and um, got a very good deal. It was. A beautiful home but they were willing to wait they could wait mm-hmm. their situation allowed them to do That's that right. yeah um, and you can have any kind of financing I mean yeah. a short sale doesn't mean you have to pay cash a short sale doesn't mean conventional I mean and a short sale doesn't always necessarily mean that the house is in dire straits you know like it's it's yeah. it some of them are very nice homes still right, right. so don't let that discourage discourage you, you from again them. your real estate agent would be able to let you know yeah. based on your kind of financing if that particular home would be acceptable right. and you know as far as condition for that type of financing mm-hmm. so going back to forbearance you know if you did utilize forbearance and either the forbearance is over and those payments are coming mm-hmm. due or whatever the case may be that you see you can't sustain this property anymore please contact a real estate professional find out what your house is worth mm-hmm. as simple as that it doesn't cost you anything agents will gladly do a market analysis for you um, it's not an appraisal but it is done somewhat similar mm-hmm. in a sense that they'll look at what other properties like yours are selling for in the area and like give you a likely sales price and by doing a net sheet which is the sales price minus all of your selling cost as a seller for your area what are you going to walk away with is it a positive number are you breaking even is it a negative number but finding out that number is going to be able to give you kind of a road map that's as right. to what you should do from that point that's forward. right that's right yeah. And you know, when if you are wherever you're at and you interview agents, ask them if they have any experience in short sales. Yeah. You really want someone who has a few under their belt. Yeah. Because they can get complicated. They can get very sticky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's another topic that kind of revolves around this whole distressed properties. Mm-hmm. And when we say distressed properties, we're talking about foreclosures and short sales, right? So what happens, you're a homeowner and you have no intention on moving, but you're just living your life, right? And you're watching this crazy market and you're seeing how your property value has skyrocketed through the roof. And what's gonna happen when these forbearances catch up with everyone and we are likely to see more foreclosures and more short sales, what is that going to do to market values? 
So I think any real estate agent, at least any that I've seen talk online and in you know forum groups, or we all kind of have the same opinion that the market's not going to crash. Okay, so the market's going to be able to absorb some distressed properties. But in many cases, when an appraisal is happening on a house, they need a sampling of the neighborhood. So it's not like you can you know, expect an appraiser to not use short right. sale properties or foreclosures as comps, mm -hmm. right? It's a, you know, it's again, there's happen. no rule book for mm -hmm. appraisals, but in many cases, if, if the neighborhood is saturated with short sales and foreclosures, then they will end up being your sure. comparable sales, right? So what I would say is that I expect that the market is going to stabilize and prices are actually going to stabilize. And part of that happening is going to be the introduction of these distressed properties in, into the mm -hmm. market. It is going to bring property values down a little bit. I do believe that. And that's why we've told sellers recently, if you want to sell, this is when you're going to get the most yeah. money for your property is right now. Because in the future, even if interest rates stay healthy, the job market stays healthy, you know, there are going to be folks who can't make it through this forbearance, right. right? And they, they don't recover, you know, financially. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to either go into a short sale or a foreclosure, which is actually going to impact those yeah. values. So a good example of what a bank has to do once a property goes into foreclosure is um, the first thing they have to hire someone mm -hmm. to go so to the house, right? Kind of like a property manager, but it's more like a property maintenance company, okay? right? So they are in charge of coordinating all of the trades that are going to have to take care of the yeah. house. Um, they need to winterize it. They need to get the grass mowed. They have to do all these things mm -hmm. to the property. So winterizing would be where they actually run all the water out of the pipes. Now it's going to be summer, so you're like, why winterize in summer? But they don't want water sitting in the toilets and stuff because they don't want people to use them, right? So they'll literally drain all the water from the house. They'll put, like, tape across the, the toilet, toilet and remove all signs of any toilet paper. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any questions about recovering from forbearance and your options, call us or your personal real estate professional. Yeah. Um, but call someone that can give you some good answers, direction, ideas, yep. who can be creative, knows what you can do and mm -hmm. what your options are. We want to be that person for everyone in the world, but um, if you it's have someone you trust, <laughs> if you have someone you trust, definitely call, mm -hmm. call them. Yeah. And uh, market values, again, we spoke about that and how they're going to impact neighborhoods, you know, and it, you're not going to lose $100,000 when this happens in your e equity, right? And do you recommend, so I've always been one that's, you know, I have some equity in my home. I don't want to sell right now. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable and I have goals for something else. Yeah. But... You know, my husband and I keep going back and forth about, okay, but what about in next year and when we lose all this money? And I'm like, we'll ride it out, you know? And so what are your thoughts on that? Well, I can tell you that, you know, the real estate market is not unlike the stock market, right? You have your ups and downs right. and your ups and downs. We don't want a market crash, mm -hmm. which I don't foresee happening. But yeah, your property values is as high as it is today as it will be. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this before. 
if you and your husband were to sell your home right now, what would happen to you as a buyer? I would have nowhere to go. You would be buying at the height of the market as well. I would literally have to take that money that I made, put it into some kind of savings, whatever, rent someplace. Yeah, but renting. But then I have two dogs. Uh I have all these things. And I just, that's our biggest thing is... I don't want to rent. Mm-hmm. We have two big dogs, all these things. Yeah. And it's just like, let's just wait. Right, right. So, you know, you sell at the height of the market, you'll end up buying at the height of the market. So what are some savvy things for buyers to do? We happen to know one quite well. She's in the background. So she's in the market <laughs> to buy a house, right? Courtney, our Courtney is, yes. Courtney's in the market to buy a house. So what does a person who works for two very smart real estate agents do? Wait. They wait. (laughs) Shut out. Relax. You know, grab you one of those foreclosures or short sales. Let this market stabilize. Like, if you can wait, do it. Then wait, right? Because, you know, things will become a little bit more affordable. Buying at the height of the market, there's the frenzy. You tend mm-hmm. to overpay. You get into these multiple offer situations and you're paying your own, all your own closing costs. Yep. I mean, so, yeah, if you can wait, then wait just kind of wait it out. And let a little more inventory come on the market, which I feel like we're on that hamster wheel. Did we talk about this last week? The hamster wheel. One week. I don't remember if it was last week. Well, we're still on it. Yeah. We're never getting off. <laughs> we're still on it. It's like that, what's that thing called? The Autobahn yeah. where you just keep going and you can't ever get off? <laughs> so anyway, Selena, you know what time it is? It's time, time for, for that, that shit, shit ain't gonna work. Okay, so I have one. Last week I was on a home tour in a condo. Um down in Apollo Beach at a waterfront little community. It was adorable. You know, you walk in this condo, it's 900 square feet, super tiny, but you look out and there's your boat dock and the water, and then the community has a little deck. And when we when we pull up, there's all these people, residents, sitting out there drinking, having a good time, listening to music, and just, it, it was really neat. I'm like, wow, you're gonna love living here, you know? <laughs> so, we're in the house we're in the condo i went out the back to kind of check it out i did not lock the door yet because we were going to go back outside all of a sudden i hear someone come in and walked into the kitchen so i was in the front bedroom and i come out and i'm like can i help you and they're like yeah i need some tequila i'm like uh (laughs) i don't know who you are and i don't even know if there's tequila in here and he's like no i get tequila here all the time well, the house has been, it's, the people live out of state. And I'm like, I don't think you do get tequila here all the time. Maybe when the sellers are here, but he was adamant, but he was already a little drunk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You need to leave now. And if you have the seller's phone number, you can call them. See if, and I don't have their phone number, you know, but my, my buyer wonderful man was like i thought you were gonna kick his butt because i was like you need to get out of here right now there is no tequila in this house because <laughs> i got a little nervous because i'm like this guy because he wasn't leaving and he was probably like six two uh-huh. he was just like looking down at me like. <laughs> so that was my shit ain't gonna work like you can't just walk into a house 
maybe when the owners were there, but not when it's being showed by a real estate no, agent. That is not a way to sell a house. If he had sand in his feet and got it on the floor, Everywhere, the yeah. lockbox is going to tell the listing agent it's it me. was you. That's right. That's right. I didn't think of it. Well, I told the <laughs> listing agent, and she was just like, yeah, you know, they all kind of sit out there and get drunk, and uh, lesson learned, right? I should have not left that unlocked. Left that door unlocked. Now I'll always lock that little, no matter what. That's crazy. Yeah, it was funny. So that's mine. I don't know if do you have one this week. Actually, I don't have that. Shit okay, you don't have work. to have one. Because I'll tell you what, shit doesn't work. Thinking today's that shit ain't gonna work was, and it was actually last week's that shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> so that's your shit ain't gonna work. You're getting old and see now. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Anyways, so we are very thankful to have you here with us. Yes. And um, we look forward to seeing See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday.